Okay. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Hopefully this is working. If I get anybody who's here, if they could say in the, in the chat, if everything's good, I would appreciate it because it was trying to get me to take a day off, I guess, today. But I'm here. It's a th in theory working. Let me figure out where my buttons are. And welcome to Break the Cycle with DST. I am your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who has had to figure some things out over a nine-year experience that I share with you to help you get your life back. Break the cycle of emotional abuse. And if you have kids, to help repair and rebuild and strengthen that relationship. And if that sounds like something that could be helpful for you, hit the subscribe button, ring the bell notification so you don't miss a thing. First thing I always like to say is only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder, so be careful throwing around the terms. I know that everyone who's been here a while knows it, but for the new people that come in almost every day, just let me just say that your credibility, your integrity is the one thing that can really help you through it. Do not squander it by playing therapist and telling everyone that you figured out and diagnosed your ex with a mental disorder or personality disorder. It won't help you. Of course, learn about it. Learn about what, what the behaviors are and learn about the techniques to deal with it, but let everyone else figure it out on their own or have a professional do it. Just want to say that because I hear so often that people dive into that and it just hurts them. The one other thing on that is don't tell your ex what you think they know, that you know what they are. If you like what's going on here and you want to really support it, consider becoming a channel member. Surf on over to youtube.com slash divorce. Click the join button and when you do, you get special badges, custom emojis, name listed in the credits, access to member-only events, which will be another one on Saturday, and uh, access to a special little member-only of the DSD Discord. If you want to get text notifications when the show goes live or when I attempt to go live, you can text DSD Live to 844-598-0012, 844-598-0012. And the phone lines will be open, or currently are open, if everything is working. <laughs> and you can dial into the show at 1-424-373-5483. That is 1-424-DSD-LIVE. And on that, yeah, sorry, that was weird. I hit go and my ser service just popped up and said, mm, no, there's an audio problem. We'll be ending this stream. And I'm like, uh, I haven't seen that one before. <laughs> reboot, reboot, reboot. <laughs> Isn't it funny? You know, I mean, I know we reboot a computer, but it's like we have to reboot our lives too. You know, you, we go through this and it's like that old Windows 95 machine that's just barely plugging along. And you you sit down to to do a report or write a letter or, or you know business letter something super important, and you're like, oh crap, do I reboot it or do I go for it? And the answer is always reboot. <laughs> I don't know how Windows is now. I do the Apple thing, so uh, but uh, I mean, how often do we just let everything just keep running? But I think it's a good metaphor for your for life, right? Sometimes. You just have to wake up in the morning or wake up at some point during the day and go, this isn't working. I have to try something else. 
What can I do to reboot my life? Now, some, now, now that's one thing. It's one thing if we just wake up and get, decide, you know what? And I actually, I did this. I mean, this was before the marriage. This was, this was the precursor to the marriage exploding. I literally had this epiphany. And it didn't really happen overnight. But I mean, I, I was taking a step back, reevaluating my life, and looking at things and realizing things can be better. You know, I'm tired of living my life the way that, that it's going. And this minute might have been like the the forty year old epiphany phase, because my marriage fell apart a few years after that, and I and I had a buddy of mine who you guys have talked to, well not talked to, but I mean who I've talked about and who's been on the show every once in a while, my buddy Mike, and I was just looking at it, and I'm just like you know, this guy's a really cool dude, and I've never seen anybody who's positive, who who lets things roll off their back, and it's like, I want more of that. And I really started watching him, and I started looking at other people and, and, and looking at my different relationships professionally, mainly professionally. I wasn't thinking about my romantic issues at the time. And I slowly started to pivot, you know, to really try to lower my anxiety and just kind of enjoy life. And it was, it was transformative in a lot of some ways I didn't expect. <laughs> now, now to pivot this little rant back on to how this, how this relates to toxic exes or toxic spouses or narcissistic abuse. And that is a toxic person enjoys chaos. They need it to thrive and to maintain control. If you start to calm things down, you're messing with the delicate balance of life, of their life, and they will inevitably find a way to reset the balance. Find a way to get things back the way they used to be, back to the comfort that they would feel. And it's sad because a normal person, you know, two normal people who are neurotypical, you would be able to both go, hey, you know what? We're building a better life. Things are getting better. This is outstanding. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So I got a couple of uh, uh, reboots. I had that reboot then. I had that reboot whenever my ex decided to hit the destruct button. It's like, here, let me push this one. Tink. Countdown timer set. Life destruction will begin in five minutes. (laughs) Maybe it was a little bit longer, but it was one of those things where I could feel it coming. I didn't understand it. It completely threw me for a loop. All my progress that I had made previously slowly evaporated. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. Marriage counseling didn't help, as you guys all know. Going to a marriage counselor with a toxic person is an exercise in frustration. However, one thing I do have to say and this is a this is where my advice 
or my thought differs a little from other people. And that is sometimes it's too much of a leap to wake up one day and say, this person is a nightmare. I need to get away from them and just walk away without trying to fix it. Because most people don't have that 100% realization on day one. I didn't. And I knew that if I did not try, that I would always question myself of, did I try hard enough? You know, whenever the the accusations came out that you didn't even try. That I would wonder, did I? Did I not try? And as you guys know, anybody who's been watching this program for a little while, even though we did do marriage counseling, even though I did, quote unquote, try, whenever it came down to the end and we were sitting on the couch talking about this is over, we can't, or I can't live like this anymore. And the ex looked at me with her little doe eyes and it's like, are we going to go to marriage counseling? I'm like, we've been going for three, two months. It didn't work. You don't want to work on it. It's done. Oh, oh. And as you guys know, the story that was put out into the public is that Dwayne was a scumbag. He abandoned his family. He wouldn't even go to marriage counseling. What a piece of crap. It's amazing how they, how they take things out of context. And I remember the first time someone said that to me, and I'm like, what? We, we did marriage counseling. Do you want the receipts? What are you talking about? I swear... You know, you, you could give somebody $3,000 a month. I don't know, I'm just throwing that number out there. And then you decide, because everything's going to crap, you stop. And you could have given give that money for four months. But that first month, they didn't pay a thing. They just left me abandoned with no money. It's like, seriously? So, you guys, make sure you prepare yourself for that. Make sure you prepare yourself. I do have a caller on line one. Let me uh, get that set up and remember if I can remember how to push all the buttons correctly today. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, Dwayne. Good morning. How are you? Good. I think I caught you off guard. You're like, oh, crap. He came to me early. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, Dwayne. It's your uh, friend from Texas, Craig. All right, Craig. How, what's? Uh, I hope you're come. You're calling to share more good news. Maybe. Oh yeah, it's it's always a good day when you're out of that uh, meat grinder, so to speak. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of drawn to this station and to your channel. I get the daily notifications, and yesterday in the uh, chat in the uh, message boxes, I was I didn't mean any rudeness or disrespect about not needing your channel anymore. Oh, dude! No, hey, I, honestly, where, no, no, no. Let, hold on, let me let me just stop you right there, okay? That's a goal of mine. My goal has always been, and I and I know I always jokingly say it's a horrible business proposition, but my goal is for every one of you guys to get your life back and to not need this. 
If you decide to hang around because you like to support it or whatever, that's fine. But I don't want you ruminating about it, thinking about it. I mean, it, it, having it, I want everyone to get to the point that it's a distant memory. And when I said the other day that my goal is for you guys to be sitting, you know, 10 years down the road, sitting around cracking a beer or, or something around a campfire or wherever, and just go, man, remember 10 years ago when it all sucked and that crazy dude on the internet helped me out? That's my, I, and I really mean that. So I do not take any offense by that at all. So don't, no worries, man. Okay, good. Yeah, when I just, I, I didn't find out about DSD until I was about six months in my uh, ordeal. And then when I got my temporary order and everything was kind of temporarily ordered, the evaluations and all that stuff, that's when I kind of really started. And then Caleb Leverett, too. So yeah. it was a number of things. Um, but yeah, I watched your custody evaluation videos, and then it was just kind of like, man, this guy puts this stuff into perspective so well that like I just couldn't stop listening. So I just started watching all your videos and it seems like every time I had a court date, I had another victory, another victory, another victory. And I just feel like you had so much to do with my success because not only were your videos like therapeutic and calming to me, but they, uh, they got me on the right track to, you know, getting where I need to be um, emotionally and mentally because I was in a bad spot for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when we first so, when we first chatted. No, I mean, I'm uh, I'm glad to hear. Well, not glad to hear you're going through that, but man, that's what this uh, that's what this whole thing's for. I have one question for you though. Did did your inner voice turn yeah. into my voice for a while? <laughs> whatever whatever you would think stuff instead of having the no no name voice, did it sound like me? I'm just curious because I had that happen to me. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I, anyways, I just, I, yeah, I, I, I used to watch Richard Grannon and for the while there, that was my inner voice was his voice. <laughs> it was like, what the hell's going on? Anyways, man, no, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, and it's, and it's starting to be more of a trend. I mean, especially being four years in or a little over four years, I guess, into doing this channel to really see the transformation on people, you know, at the beginning stages of it, the, you know, a lot of people were calling, you know, not calling in. I wasn't necessarily doing a call-in show, but I was getting the messages and the comments. And, I, you know, I was catching a lot of people at the beginning of it, obviously, because it was new. But it's it's very gratifying to see people get to the other side. Yeah, there was a video you made the other day. Um, I believe it was with a, uh, a counselor or a therapist. It was a female lady, blonde-haired woman. I can't remember her name. Um. <clears throat> Geez, I'm starting to do so many. I, yeah, I lose. You, I lose track. You talking about Chris Godinez, or I don't think she's blonde though. No, it, what, I can't Yana? remember her name. Yana Heard. Anyways, that might have been her. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I heard you guys. You kind of got on the topic about like the family court system and how it needs to change. And oh yeah. You know things things like that. Um, it's really the family court system. You know, this is just my opinion i think it's a big money making machine to be honest with you i would agree with you on um, that one but you know i think changes are being made Dwayne. they're not being made as fast as we want them to but they are changing i agree with you and i think by people like you and me you know getting these stories out and really kind of advocating for one another if you will um it is helping change this stuff but um 
I think it needs to change more and I think it needs to change faster. Man, I agree with you. It's, it's, I mean, this is, this is a dangerous time, right? I mean, you, you get wrapped up into this It is, and you can make, I mean, you can make a bunch of decisions that can alter your life. I can say it that way. And it's, it's, I mean, it's weird, right? I mean, cause you can have some tremendous growth and your life can get so much better. But at the same time, if, if things line up the wrong way, you know, if we take the multiverse, you know, I could be in a completely different scenario right now. And it's scary. I mean, it, it, this is, this is scary, serious, serious stuff. I mean, that attorney yesterday brought, uh, uh, Christine, you know, when she was joking about, or not joking, but just basically saying, you know, this isn't negotiating a million dollar property. It's more precious than that because it's your, your life, your children, your legacy. I mean, it's, it's, there's, it's serious stuff. Right, exactly. It's very serious to us. And unfortunately, people that are making these decisions for us and our children, we're nothing but another number coming through the machine. And unfortunately. that's why we need this. That's why this needs to change. But you know what, though? I mean, I, and I know you had a, but, but I mean, but it's all about, I mean, the way you help yourself with this with, is with presentation. I mean, it's like in your situation, the way you were able to present your story, the judge obviously didn't buy the, the I mean, he had to err on the side of caution initially to you got some of those initial defeats whenever this craziness started up, you know, the nine months ago or whatever it was. But ultimately, they saw through it. You were able to persevere. You were able to stay calm. And your toxic ex and toxic mother-in-law exposed themselves in horrific fashion, and it blew up on them. I mean, just completely des- destroyed them. Right. Yeah, it did. And when we had, oh, by the way, Dwayne, we still haven't got a final order signed. We're under a permanent order. Like, it's been done. It's been handled in court in front of the judge. But she still refuses to sign the order because she's saying that she didn't agree to this or she didn't like this. And I'm just like, F you, man. Like, just don't even sign the damn thing. Whatever. Like, I just don't have time for you anymore. Right, yeah. So I guess we'll just see how long it goes. Oh, you know, that it, way. It, at some it, point, we'll have to get in front of a judge. Yeah, it, it tends to, to continue on. These people, unfortunately, don't stop. But you had a pretty crushing victory. for. Uh, so I, I think you're yeah, in, a, in a very and, good position. Yeah, and I, got, I actually got really excited when we talked on Thanksgiving and you said that I was in the best position possible for these people to leave me alone. Yeah. And I, I think that's where I'm probably at. They're probably just just going to go no contact, forget about the order and all that, you know? Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll just lob little grenades over your way every once in a while, just because they got to do something. But fortunately, since they expose themselves so wonderfully, I guess, in, in court and the judge saw completely through it, you're in a, yeah, you're in the best position possible. So. Well, not only did the judge see right through it, but you know, what happened in 2011 that had gotten brought up and you know after everything was said and done you know i kind of felt like the judge by the way he was reading out his decision it was almost as if he was irritated or felt bad for me that's awesome man i mean you know from what all had had happened but right yeah and they have to be really cautious on how they on how they they do it right because they don't they can't show 
I mean, they can kind of, but they try to have to, or they need to try to remain semi-neutral. But when they get to the point where they're making a judgment, then they have all the evidence on them. So anything else you wanted to hit, right. Craig? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, you know, for all the listeners, you know, um, whenever a temporary order comes out, don't feel destroyed. That temporary order will not stay permanent. It, it will change. Yep. Just hang tight and just just jump through the hoops and, uh, you know, hopefully you have money because if you can, if you can out money the other person, you can get yeah. a victory that way too, it seems like. Yep, good, good, solid uh, well, words, I hope man. You had a merry Christmas. I did. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, hope I hope you your do Christmas too. Christmas was good, and I hope you have a happy New Year, and uh, you stay safe, Dwayne, and keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, happy New Year, and and everything to you too, man. But I think you're already having a happy end of year. So that's awesome. I appreciate him calling in for that. That. uh yeah, it's definitely a compliment when people say, don't need it anymore. I've even got emails like that. It's like, you know, don't, um, which say basically that. It's like, hey, you know, you've helped me, got me my life back. Um, I'm unsubscribing. I'm moving on. But it's not because of anything. I mean, you know, it's just I don't, I don't need it anymore. You know, I mean, and, and the thing is, is at some point you don't need the constant reminders. It's so weird. If I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't even be thinking about this crap anymore. So, but to be able to help pull the people, pull people through the darkness, get them to the other side is, uh, it's pretty damn awesome. Let's see here. I see, I see some people were talking about computer stuff before. Jeez, it makes me want to almost, uh, go to, uh, go to that. I am going to go to, um, a question that moderator Debbie had. Oh, well, let me do this. I'll do this first if I can find it. Um, well, okay, John Boston and said, uh, how do we find out about member-only events? That is an outstanding question. And one of the frustrations I have with the tube of you, and the best way to do that, see, I, I reprogrammed my button so it makes it a little complicated, is, is there's, there's two ways. Um, let me shrink this down. It gets po if you're if you're subscribed and you have notifications turned on like the bell. When I post, I and I can post it in the member or the member the community tab. They'll like this one. If you look at it, this one. I mean, so for non-members, you're going to see it because I'm it's it's on my account. It'll be uh, I'll post it there, and then I also post it in the member-only section of the DSD Discord. If there is a way that I could. Get your get emails or get some other way to get it to where it integrates. I would, but it for some I just I can't seem to find a solution on that. So that is the best way to do that. Uh, and I try to at least announce that I'm going to do something like like earlier today. I was like, okay, I'm going to do something this weekend to kind of like put it out there to try to get people to be able to look for it. So that is. The, uh, the, hold on, let me switch this back over. That's the best way to do that. I got to make sure my little, for, you know, this is one thing that's kind of annoying. I, I, YouTube wants everyone to make a, a channel commercial, so to speak, or a intro video. So I finally did that because somebody was giving me, not grief, but they were like, hey, you don't have that. I'm like, eh. So I made one, 
but I can't subscribe to my own channel. So every time I go to my channel, that damn video starts playing. And it's like, I don't need to hear it. But I can't, but I can't subscribe to my channel to get it to stop. Anyways, okay. Uh, iTumblr's also had a question. I want to see if I can highlight it. So I'm going to scroll through to see if I can bring it up on the screen. And all right, here it is. It says, Dwayne, how did you, our DSD, how did you mentally keep up with everything when your divorce started, like keeping your job? Dude, that probably if I, whoops, let me make this bigger. Probably if I didn't, let's see, how do I sit? I'm surprised I didn't lose my job because I was an emotional wreck. I faked it for as long as I could. I would, uh, you know, when I had to be, and remember at the time I was the senior, I mean, I was the, uh, what do you call it? I was the, uh, the flight chief of the, uh, operations section, you know, 200 plus people, seven different groups. I mean, just a lot of stuff going on. So I had a lot of meetings, a lot of, you know, out in front of people and quite literally, I would put on a show as much as I could, and then I would go into my office, shut the door, and just be a wreck. And it was not easy. And, you know, I mean, what, what, almost what you need to do, and this will be a lot easier said than done, is compartmentalize this part of your life and when you walk in the door at work, be all in there and just try not to think. And I, and I, I know how impossible that sounds because this is life consuming, but I'll tell okay. So a little bit of tips. Don't talk about this to everyone at work. I made that mistake. I was talking to way too many people. You know, yes, it would be nice to think that people would be, would have your best interest at heart. But a lot of times there's a lot of narcissistic, toxic people in the world and if they see blood in the water or chum in the water or however you call it, whatever the right term is, they are going to come after you. Luckily, I was really good at what I do or I'm really good at what I do. I don't mean that to be an egomaniac, but let me just put it this way. You, you do something for 20 years, you're going to start figuring a few things out. So I was pretty good at playing the game and was able to make it work. But I could definitely, as I was going through this, I'm like, oh my God, I see why people lose their job. And here's the thing, guys. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday with uh, Christine. If you, if you have an attorney and things are going to crap and you need to do something different or you need to downsize or whatever, coordinate that with your attorney. Because you do not want to be on top of everything else. You don't want to lose your job or quit your job or something. Because I, and have it spun that you did it on purpose. Because that is exactly what they're going to say. They're not going to say, oh, you know, you, you know, you're having an emotional breakdown. Your whole life has been ripped apart. And as a result of that, you couldn't perform at your work and now you're hosed. They're not, they typically don't do that. Typically, your ex's attorney is going to say, oh, Mr. Smith, 
intentionally quit their job because they don't want to pay child support. And if they can say that in a way and the judge believes it, they will hammer you. I've known people this has happened to. Now, I will say this just to clarify. I really don't know anybody recently that's had that experience. So let me throw this out there. If anyone has had that experience in the last three to five years, send me an email because I'd like to hear that story because maybe I could modify my, my opinion. But uh, it's, it's really tough. So don't tell everyone your business. Really work on self-care. If you have to do meditation or relaxation or anti-anxiety things to get you on track, do it because your biggest, how am I going to say this? One of the biggest things to get you to the other side, in my opinion, is your, at least your financial stability as much as possible. Because if you get it rolled into this and then you're unemployed, you're still required for alimony. Like I would have been required to still pay alimony and child support. It would have racked up those bills. It would just feel more overwhelming and more overwhelming. And you just start to lose hope because you get to the point to where it's like, well, I can never get out of this. It'll take me 9,000 years to be able to pay this off. Uh, and, you know, it's growing faster than I can put any money on it. I mean, it's just, it, it can be devastating. But but the thing I want to say about this, which which is really weird, and it's kind of a pivot point, and that's how things, that's how things tend to, they just tend to work out. You know, I had a, I had a six-year plan to basically get me out of debt, right? I mean, they're like, okay, in six years, I'll have uh, I, I had a couple of consolidation loans, my car that I had to refinance because I couldn't, I couldn't afford to turn it in and I couldn't afford to pay for it. Plus child support, you know, plus the last kid on child support, you know, that it all ended three years. And then after that, I'd have another three years basically to get everything out. I had a friend of mine, you know, a month or so ago, he's like, Hey, you know, you should, I hate to say this, but he's like, you should just tap into your 401k. And I'm like, nah, that's not an option. And I looked at it and it actually had grown, which is crazy to think, you know, because I stopped looking at it, right? I mean, it was one of those things that it got devastated during the marriage. So I was able to pull out some money out of it. And it's like that goal has gotten closer. And now I might actually be able to, to be have all that resolved maybe if I'm really aggressive in a year and my point my point is this I can remember back in the day nine years ago feeling zero hope that everything was ruined that I there was no way out of this nightmare and I made my peace with that and I mean it's like iteratively it would get better and then I would readjust reboot, so to speak, to go back to the nomenclature we were talking about at the beginning of the show. But it's like, it's, it's like once your perspective starts to change and you start to relax, it's like solutions come up and things start to get better. So if you're in the midst of this, try to maybe hold on to that and say, okay, 
going back to what I Tumblr's was talking about, you know, how do you get, how do you deal with this in the beginning? Just try to remember this sucks now, but it's not going to suck forever. So your perseverance is going to be the ultimate victory against somebody who's tried to destroy your life. So keep everything as in, you know, in, in the baby steps idea to where it's like, okay, let me just get through this day. Let me get through the next day. Let me make sure, let me try to keep everything as stable as possible. Because the reality is, if you can do this, you will persevere. Well, you'll definitely persevere, but you can, I don't know, wins, wins a weird word to use in, the, in our situations, but you'll come out of this on the other side a lot stronger and a lot better. And most of the time, what you'll see is that your ex is stuck in the same spot emotionally, maybe even financially. A lot of times it's even worse. A lot of times people destroy everything and their lives take a nosedive. Not always. Don't, you know, don't get all waiting there, sitting there, waiting for your, for your ex to, to implode on themselves. You want to get to the point that you're not even thinking about them and you move on from it. Let me see what else has got, we got going on. Okay. So I, I copied that. The only other thing Will had said, uh, uh, do you have separate hard drives to store all of your videos? And uh, yeah, I run, uh, I run, I, I copy everything over to archives. Uh, so every night I have a, an archive that moves, it moves my video stuff to, uh, to hard disks. And I run everything that I'm currently editing off of uh, SSD so that I don't bog down the computer. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I learned that trick after I filled my computer up one day. And I, and it's like, it popped up and it's like your hard drive's full. And I'm like, oh crap, you know, and moving 600 gigabytes of information to a, to a regular, like, you know, Costco drive, which is normally what I use those, those bus powered five terabyte drives takes forever. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, I do have another caller, so I am going to go to that. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, Dwayne. It's all well. Just wanted to call in and check in and, and talk about something that I've been experiencing lately. <clears throat> um, basically, like my ex, I think he's run out of like ammo to use against me. So he's kind of like reaching for straws, trying to provoke me and get a reaction whenever we have to communicate. Um and, and just and just to kind of give a backstory, when I first got married and started living with my now husband, he would use his phone access with our son to kind of like get information about our private lives, uh, my husband and I. And like he would also use his video chats to kind of look around the house. He would ask our son for house tours. Yeah, it's like really creepy stuff. Just and I had to set a boundary. Um, with him and I, I let him know like hey you know you're doing this this is not okay um you know can you please stop doing that and he kept doing it <laughs> so I uh 
I ended up making a rule where my son can only talk to his dad in his bedroom with the door closed. And, you know, this way, like, I don't have to worry about prying eyes um, in our private lives. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, he started, he did this thing where he would, like, request out of the blue to talk to our son. And it was weird because, like, again, this is somebody that's not involved, wasn't involved. Um, and uh, he would just, like, randomly ask, like, hey, can you have him call me? Uh, right now and I would be busy I wouldn't see the message till later and then I'd like discover like 10 messages from him like telling accusing me of like parental alienation like oh you're not letting me talk to him and this and that it's like whoa (laughs) you just asked me 10 minutes ago if you could talk to him on the phone like give me give me a break you know (laughs) yeah um so so it just became this like thing for him to do these last minute requests and I and I, I wasn't okay with it because I was getting attacked whenever I didn't immediately let it you know do it and so I was like hey how about we set a phone access schedule yep um because I saw because I saw Alex Falcone talk about it on his channel and I thought man that's what I have to do <laughs> so so that's what I did and I let him set the schedule you know, I let it be up to him. And he chose to only do it once a week at a specific time. And I'm like, okay, great. But then he stopped calling. He didn't call at all. And so I guess I kind of took away a form of control from him. Like he didn't, he didn't like that. I think he really enjoyed uh, surprising me. I think he really enjoyed like just out of the blue coming around because then I oh, would yeah. just be like, oh my God, now I have to think of him. And that's why it doesn't and, surprise me that he, so, he wouldn't exercise it when you set it up because now he knew that you were sitting there at six o'clock on Tuesday ready for, for you know, little Timmy to talk, to, to talk to him and then he didn't call, right? I mean, so it's just, a, it's just a way to add drama and chaos into your life, your guys' lives and to make you think about him. Because you are. I mean, even if you're sitting there and it's just you're trying to set up the schedule for the or not, you're trying to get everything set up so that your son can talk to him. He's he's kind of virtually in your house. No, this is absolutely the type of stuff that they do. You know, and and when they start running out of stuff, when the arrows start running out on their quiver, uh, if I'm saying that right, they um, they start lashing out on whatever all kinds of different ways to try to maintain connection. So what you're seeing is, is unfortunately typical. Yeah. And, you know, and I think a part of it too is like, I mean, cause I find myself sitting on the day he's supposed to call at the time he's supposed to call, just waiting for that, you know, for him to call. I'm not doing anything. I literally yep. set that time aside. So in a way he's inconveniencing me too. And, and it is a form of control because, well, damn, now I can't do anything. <laughs> so, um, well, but, it's not that you uh, can't anyways, do anything. And this like, is, I mean, know, what you're talking about is, is I kind of had to do the same thing. Um, what I would do is, I mean, and I'm trying to think of what it was. It was like, even with like the food, it was talking about that. I've readjusted for the last nine years, of my life that anytime there's an opportunity that the ex is supposed to have visitation or whatever. And this is typically on the holidays because she used to leave. I would, I would make sure I was available, but instead of being irritated by it, I would just work it into my schedule to where we were doing something else. Like, I mean, fine. If, if that's the case, you know, make it to where you're reading a story to your son or, or, you know, playing cars with him, you know, and if the phone rings, 
you know, oh, hey, you know, your dad called. Hey, go have your call. You know, hope you guys have a good call. And if not, you have that 30 minute period of time to where you're doing something with him and you don't even bring it up. Right. I mean, you can there's ways for you to mitigate what they're trying to do and turn it into a net positive for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and that's kind of what I have had to do too. Like we do board games or video yep. games. Uh, my husband will play a video game with my son um, because my kid will get bummed out, you know? Of course. Uh, he's expecting this. Yeah, he's expecting this phone call that never comes through. But what yeah. my my uh, my thing, what I'm what I'm trying to say is like, uh, you know, this winter break, right? He, he played the cool shenanigans where he demanded a visit. Yep. There's no nonstop flights currently um, from from Toronto to California, where the exchange point is at. And uh, it was just a mess. He did the winter break. I was only able to give him a week. Um, the court order says up to two weeks, you know, defined as a, a available number of days. But I could only do one week because my son would have to come home and quarantine because then he right. has to go back to school in person. You know, my son has um, some learning issues where he goes to like a special school for that. Um, <clears throat> so my son was going to have to quarantine like but because of school. But even if he was in remote learning, he would have to quarantine anyways because of yep. me, my husband, my daughter. So it didn't matter if it was in person or not. And so, so basically what ended up happening, he only had him for a week and then he had to come back and, and he's been in quarantine this whole time. Right. And, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't celebrate Christmas with him. Um, because he was in his room because we have a safety concern because his dad did take him around to multiple people's houses. He took him to like some meet Santa event, which just, I don't even know why they're doing that, <laughs> but yeah. he did. And, um, so, so my son, I mean, we, we made up for Christmas, right? Like we had our son open up our, the Christmas present in his bedroom and we just kind of saw from the hallway. It's fine. But still, we weren't able to like, you know, cuddle, watch a movie, yeah. whatever. No, I had and to be really so, hard on him. I guess he surprisingly did it very well. Like when he was gone, I decorated his bedroom with Christmas stuff. So oh, he nice. can like okay. have, um, yeah, like, like, so he can like kind of feel happy or whatever. And well, I mean, we you. would still talk to him. We have a whole, we have a whole safety procedure with that. But, but basically, um, we got notified that the school, his school is shutting down. They're going to switch to remote learning. Um, like the premier of Ontario, like issued a shutdown. And so I sent my, my ex a message, Hey, school and is shutting down they're switching to remote learning following the holiday break and then he and and so that was it right and then he messages me like you're so messed up you probably knew this all along you had him go back you only let me have him for one week um because supposedly he was going back to school but now it turns out he's going to remote learning here's the thing you know what here's the thing let me just they're going to, no matter what happens, you're going to get responses like that, right? Now, when things happen to where it makes it easier for them to make those accusations, obviously, it, but it doesn't matter. No matter what you did was wrong, right? You were absolutely in a double mind. So it does not surprise me 
that he does that. You just got to basically like the hybrid, no contact. When he sends stuff like that, you ignore it. It don't even respond to it because it's not worthy of re, of response and just move on. I mean, this guy, like typical, a typical narcissist is trying to get you to think about them and to insert themselves into your life to, to add that chaos from afar. And they're masters at it. They're, they're incredibly skilled they're gifted in that they that capacity, but uh, I mean you're doing what you need to do, and you're trying to accommodate as much as you can. Um, I mean, so you actually did send your son. To, I mean, I, you know, even through this, I mean, you were when we were talking about that before. I mean, you still made it happen. So, but I mean, it's frustrating whenever yeah, you're bending so over like backwards and he's still jabbing his finger in your eye. Yeah, it's, it's funny because on the Discord, somebody was saying that, you know, he's just trying to rile me up on purpose. Basically. Yep. Yeah, and absolutely. It's true because I, it's true because I, I, read, I reread what he said because, like, it's insane. How could he say that? He knows that my son's not even having Christmas with me because of him because he's in isolation. Yeah. Um, so why is he accusing me of all this garbage? Because like, he said, you took my Christmas away so you could have him for Christmas. And it's like, what? That doesn't make sense. He's in isolation, dude. Like, yeah. And and I and I caught myself composing a response, and it was like an essay, like explaining myself. And I was like, oh no, I need to stop. I'm erasing this. Good. I'm just gonna respond and say your allegations are false. Yeah. There you go. Because that's what I feel like he purpose. I feel like he purposely set me up to to do that to write like a absolutely. He absolutely did. In my opinion, and, and just like, and like another thing he did on Christmas Day, like again, I had a boundary with the phone, but on Christmas Day, he messaged me in the afternoon, like at two or three p.m., and and he was just like, "Hey, can you have Timmy call me right now for a Christmas, a quick Christmas chat?" And in my head, I saw the message, like I saw the message notification from our family wizard. And I was like, I'm not opening this today. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I know it's going to be some book. Yeah. I know it's going to be some request to have an argument or like to have a last minute phone call. My son's in isolation because of him. And just the other day, like before Christmas, he had called and spoken to our kid on his scheduled day. And he kept telling my, like, asking my son, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, are you guys doing anything? Oh, uh, what's your mom going to make? Um, you guys got any special plans? And it's like, bro, he's in isolation. What is wrong with you? Why would you ask a little kid <laughs> who's quarantining these questions? Like, you're uh, cause to, Well, because, well, that's, that's why he's hurting. He's trying to hurt his kid. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's just messed up. They don't, they don't have any ability to, to think about what they're doing or, or the effect of it. So. Yeah. Like, anyways. I think he, I think he was like asking, I think he was poking my kid about Christmas to purposely like make my kid feel bad. So like somehow mm -hmm. I'm the bad parent, like I'm the reason he's isolating yep. and it's like, dude, we have safety concerns, but so Christmas day, when I get this notification from our family wizard, I'm like, uh, He's probably wanting a, a video chat today. And I just like, he's probably going to want a video chat. And then he's going to tell my kid a bunch of stuff about Christmas and how he's not doing anything today. And it's going to make him feel horrible. And I'm just not having it. Yeah. So I ignored it. <laughs> I ignored it until the next morning. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, like, 
I'm proud of myself for doing it. I feel bad. Like, I, I'm using, like, a new, te- like, communication technique with this guy where it's, like, that hybrid no contact. Yeah. No, you did, you did what you needed to do. So uh, let me try to, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go, and I'll basically respond after because we're starting to run out of time. But one of the things I, I just want to say on that is unless there's a court order that says that they get to talk to the, the kid on the day, then that's, that's, if, you, if that's written in, <clears throat> excuse me, then, then that's what it is. When these people try to do stuff like that, and here's the frustrating part, and I could, we all could hear it, hear it in her voice, is when that notification popped up, that had to be an immediate anxiety attack. Uh, and now you're thinking about it. You're ruminating about what's going on. You're thinking about it. And instead of being able to be, be in the moment, you get stuck going down that, that pit of hell. But what she did was right. You basically look at it, say, nope, not dealing with this. You know, I don't need, you know, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see it because all it's going to do is basically drop a bomb in the middle of, of our situation. My ex would do stupid stuff like that all the time. So yeah, the wise chat manager says, uh, caller sounds like she's doing the right thing. Trish Biscuit says, holiday Hoover. Bear says, you did great caller. Yep, absolutely. But it's tough, right? I mean, because we... We get up in this situation to where we end up, <clears throat> excuse me, doing becoming people we don't want to be, right? I mean, none of us would be in that situation, and that would be the ide- the ideal solution, right? It's easy for for a narcissist, toxic person to say, "Nope, you know, I'm just going to not allow it. You know, I'm just going to make you feel pain." But for us to make those type of decisions, it it hurts us. Because we feel guilty about it. We feel like, well, am I doing the right thing? You know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. And what happens is, is we go through that a few times and we get burned. This is what happened with me too. You, you make it, you know, you try to be accommodating and you get punished for it. And then you get punished again. And then you get punished. And after a while, you're like, I just can't keep doing this. So you, that's the pain point that forces you to ultimately set some boundaries and unfortunately be a person we wouldn't normally be. It's really, it's tough. It's not, this stuff is not easy, not easy at all. There was another question. Let's see. I I don't, all right, let me just scroll up and see if I can find, find this one. It's always hard to uh, to get to it. Um, so I'll do this one. GA says, how does a parent restart being involved when you have been away for two years due to an ex-narc? My question is, in court, how do you go about fighting for that? Um, it could be basically requesting like reunification type therapy uh, or just requesting if you didn't want to necessarily do it that way would just be, hey, there needs to be visitation. I haven't seen... I mean, your best case scenario is, okay, boom, go straight to 50-50 or go to some other type of custody arrangement, which probably is unlikely. They're probably going to want some type of uh, uh, slower process, but it's, it's just getting to where you're getting some time and then you build up from there. And like what Christine was talking about yesterday, if you could get it written into where 
it's like, okay, we're going to start with, you know, a few hours on a weekend. And then after a few, you know, a few weeks or whatever, it's going to be more time and then an overnight. And then, you know, if, if in this situation, if they're trying to say, oh my God, you know, our, our baby doesn't even know this person, you know, it'll be traumatizing to go to them. And, you know, you're thinking, well, yeah, because you freaking made sure that this kid wouldn't even know who I am. And now I'm trying to get back in their life. You know, the amazing part about this, you take somebody who's toxic and they, and they do this and they, and they play these games to try to push it out as long and as far as possible. But then you'll take somebody who's not that way. And maybe the father in this situation, you know, like using this example was absent for whatever reason, but then they show an interest and the other parent wants the kid to not feel rejected by their other parent. So they're trying to help facilitate it. And then typically what it's, I swear, it's like you have a situation where you have one parent who really wants to be involved and the other parents like, Nope. And then on conversely, you'll have one parent who doesn't care, who's not involved. And the other parent is begging them to be involved and they won't even, you know, they won't even exercise any, any type of visitation or, or be a part of their, their kids' lives. It's just, it's amazing. You know, it's like, if we could just, if we could just align it up, you know, to where the right, the, the, the one person who doesn't want to be there is also tied up with the person who doesn't want them there. But I swear it's always the opposite. It's always the opposite. All right, let me see if I can find it. Oh my God. Actually, I can't, I don't have time. Well, technically I started late, so I'll run a few minutes longer. Although I, I do have a hard break. Uh, my Miami babe had this question and it says the ex is now giving the ex is now giving the kids 10, 13 and 15 year old the freedom to choose if they want to come to us. How do you deal with your kids not wanting to come to you on your turn? Uh, what I would. OK, this is tough. You're going to have to bluff a little bit and you're going to have to say, uh, I'm sorry, the kids are not adults. The court order says 50-50. It says, you know, whatever, you know, the Monday, boom, this it's week on, week off or whatever it is. That's what we're sticking to. And if you play this game, I'm going to uh, hold you in contempt. I mean, if you haven't ever called the police before, you can say, I'm going to call the cops and we're not playing this game. And you try to forcefully set a boundary saying, nope. That's what I did with mine for that one Christmas thing. Now, it's not exactly what you're talking about. Then the next thing on that is you have to, well, then you have to hold hold firm through it. And the potential problem is, is that if the kids really have been brainwashed, then what will happen is, is they'll come over to your place and they will make that week a living hell. And you try to work through that for a few times. And if that works... You know, most of the time, what I mean is, is that if you get to the point that you can have some times that, that are back to normal with the kids, fine. If it continues to go down, then you have to make the decision of, are you going to go to court? Are you going to fight it and uh, um, push it? Now, the thing, the little nuance in your your question is the ex, if I, unless I got this confused, and if I do, I apologize, but the ex is trying to move to a different state. So the game right now is to get full time 
so that they're with me, you know, so, so, so that the ex can say, well, the kids are with me all the time anyways. They never see their dad anyways. So there's no problem. It's no different if I move out of state because they never see him anyways. So why am I staying here? That's what this game is. And unfortunately, the other part about this that's a mess is that the kids are being brainwashed that uh, probably, well, daddy has somebody, you know, mommy's all alone. Mommy's in a bad way. So we'll have to side with her. I fell into that category myself as a young child. I'm like, oh my God, I can't leave my, I can't leave my mom alone. Uh, when she dropped my brother off at my dad's house because she was sick of his crap, my, my younger brother, you know, a nine-year-old or maybe seven-year-old, I felt obligated to, to stay. And I completely rejected my dad uh, to, uh, to protect her. And I, and I know that I was looking, I was like, well, my dad's remarried. He's got my brother. My mommy has nobody. So that's the thing. I mean, and Miami, babe, your, your significant other just needs to have conversations with those kids about how important they are in his life as well. And you're in a tough spot because I know, I mean, you can't really say it from that one comment, but I know what you're talking about. And, uh, that's, what's going on. There's a significant amount of manipulation that's going on. So anyways, hopefully that was helpful. I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom because I don't know if it, we had a new channel member. I want to welcome, uh, let me see if I can do this. Ashley, thank you so much for becoming a member. Appreciate it. Make, if you if, make sure you log into the discord and connect it so you can get access to that. OHC9 says, did I get the UK tab added? No, I did not. I will try to do that today. I saw some chatter on that. Uh, if somebody on there can just DM me on the Discord just to remind me so that when I log in, it's like right in my face and I can try to do it right then and there. I will. So well, this is an interesting idea. Micah says, hey, Dwayne, can you make a video with the topic workplace, covert, managers, colleagues, topic? That's a, not a bad idea. I'll try to... Uh, Hey, moderator Debbie, can you grab that so that I can not forget it so I can try to make a standalone video on that? Because that's actually a really good topic. Um, all right. Let's see. How are we doing? Man, I got a really late. St well, I guess it doesn't help whenever the whole system, <laughs> when the system decides, no, do you really want to go live? Do you, do you really want to have a show today? Well, if you do, you're going to have to jump through some more hoops. Um, mine's are mine's the reverse. Oh, I'm missing that. I don't quite understand. GA says mine's the reverse. Oh, I think that's into another conversation. Okay, so that probably wasn't to me. So um, I'm tr I was thinking that you were responding to what I was talking about before. Maybe you are, but I I'm I'm confused. Uh which doesn't take much. A lone parent eye. You're going to get a lot of reminders now. Hey, I'm that's okay. Here's the reality is as soon as I'm done with this, I have to do the edit. Then I have to jump in to work. Uh, I have a new boss um, who's a little unique. So things are a little more off than whatever. So it's going to make things just a little bit more complicated. So extra reminders will not be a problem. So 
on that, 10, 10 seconds left to be a full hour. So thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. And staying a little bit later, or not later, but, uh, you know, when the show wasn't starting because I, it, it wouldn't go when I hit go. But I do want to thank the channel members who helped make this happen. I know it, it may not seem like a lot, but when you start adding up even level, you know, the, the lowest tier, it really does help. The phone lines, you know, all this stuff costs money, and I really appreciate it. You guys, the support you you, you offer me or you provide to the channel to help keep it going, uh, it uh, really makes a huge difference. So on that, be good to yourself today. And barring any problems, I'll be back here tomorrow.